This is an RNZ podcast. Last month on the 6th of March, MediaWatch reported on A Visit to Freedom Village, a video report published by Newsroom in which its investigations editor Melanie Reid depicted the recent occupation at Parliament. Now that report had been criticised by some for its portrayal of Voices for Freedom, a group which opposes some of the government's COVID control measures and which has been accused of COVID misinformation. Now in our coverage we also broadcast an interview with a man who asked not to be named who was feeding false accounts of COVID vaccine injuries to online groups in order to expose them for circulating misinformation. Now, this included him falsifying his identity and fabricating the death of his own child, but MediaWatch admitted this information in its report. On MediaWatch, he also described a phone call with Newsroom's Melanie Reid back in 2020, in which he said he told her about his efforts to expose the groups, but he said she wasn't interested in his story. Now, MediaWatch confirmed with Melanie Reid at the time that she had spoken with the man, but MediaWatch didn't put his claims directly to Newsroom at that time in our programme back on the 6th of March, and according to RNZ's editorial policies, we should have. Now, Newsroom says that the reason Melanie Reid wasn't interested in his story was the highly dubious methods the man was using, and Newsroom has further advised RNZ that Melanie Reid wasn't conducting an interview, as MediaWatch had described it, but having a background chat to find out what he had... That's the sound of protesters at Parliament clashing with police on Wednesday. It wasn't the only violent confrontation that day. A few hours earlier, several stuffed journalists had been chased off Parliament's grounds by protesters shouting, we'll hang you. Then came the fires, the explosions, the scorching of Trevor Mallard's $243,000 children's slide. By the end of the day, News Hub's Jenna Lynch stood above the grounds and delivered this assessment. The whole of the Parliament lawn that has been covered in tents for days and days and days is now just a scene of absolute carnage. Viewers could be forgiven for watching these scenes and coming to the conclusion the protests were fuelled by an undercurrent of conspiracism that was causing people to behave in increasingly volatile ways. But a little earlier in the week, newsroom's Melanie Reid was painting a very different picture of the tent site at Parliament. In her video report, a visit to Freedom Village. It's absolutely lovely here. You know, there's a lot of families here, yeah. and people are really looking out for each other. Yeah. Right, so there's a whole sort of childcare centre here. Yeah. <laughs> but you can also pick up extra clothes. Reid was at the protest to interview the former Advance NZ candidate Claire Deeks, crochet designer Alia Bland and knitter Libby Johnson. Together they lead Voices for Freedom, one of the largest and most well-resourced anti-vax groups in the country. They've supplied the distinctive blue and turquoise signs seen at multiple protests, emblazoned with slogans like, We Call the Shots and Is This the Future You Want for Your Kids? The group has been banned from Facebook for repeatedly breaching its rules on vaccine misinformation and has distributed thousands of flyers containing false or misleading claims about the vaccine, despite advertising standards authority rulings that the material is socially irresponsible and misleading. But those past indiscretions weren't top of mind as Reid introduced the trio. You guys started it, yeah? Yeah, The three of you. Three mums. Three mums. Voices for Freedom is one of the key players at the protest. 
Claire Deeks, Alia Brand and Libby Johnson. Stuff journalist Kirsty Johnston has written about the anti-vax sentiment rife in the country's coterie of mums with substantial followings on Instagram, or mumfluencers. She's tweeted that Voices for Freedom's Just Mums rhetoric is designed to draw in other mums and prey on their anxieties about vaccination. Reid did later explain that many people do have serious qualms about Voices for Freedom. To their detractors, who are many, these women are peddlers of misinformation and a threat to public health. Those detractors accuse Voices for Freedom of peddling misinformation mainly because the group has peddled misinformation. Its founders have carried out interviews with conspiracy theorists, including the German lawyer Rainer Fuhlmisch, who falsely claims that elites planned the COVID-19 pandemic. They've also promoted content from people with a range of strange or demonstrably false views, including that elites are using vaccine passports to bring about a great financial reset. These facts weren't mentioned by Reid in her interview with the founders of Voices for Freedom. Her report, which was paid for by the government's Public Interest Journalism Fund, also apparently didn't have space for an expert on vaccines. It wasn't the first time Reid has given an accommodating ear to people hawking anti-vax misinformation. She also gave space to the anti-vax views of the makers of the debunked film Vaxed from cover-up to catastrophe in a story ahead of its New Zealand debut in 2018. Recently, it seems Reid has again been digging into allegations of vaccine harm. Media Watch has been contacted by a man who had a surprise encounter with her after he started sending false stories to a woman purporting to catalogue post-vaccine medical issues. That man, who asked not to be named due to having been targeted by anti-vax groups in the past, was intending to highlight the woman's inadequate efforts to verify the information she was receiving. But soon after she published his tall stories, he received an interview request. Uh, so I um, had a, a few family members uh, sort of fall down the rabbit hole uh, last year and wanted to sort of investigate myself how easily these uh, stories that I was seeing of all of this death and injury uh, around the vaccine, um, ha- how well they were vetted by the, the groups that were collating them. Um, so I set up a couple of uh, email addresses and sent sort of a, a generic, easily fact-checkable uh, email that had a, a bunch of bunch of holes in it in the story uh, to some of these groups that were collating these stories. After um, I'd sent these these made-up stories to these anti-vax groups, I was contacted by the person running one of these groups, saying that they had a, a well-respected uh, investigative journalist who was working on. Um, looking into these claims. I then emailed Melanie directly um, and uh, set up a call with her uh, to, to go through the story that I'd, I'd sent to this group. And your intention there was to show that they are not credible? Yeah, I mean, I, I explained to her that, you know, you've got these citizen journalists or doctors or scientists or whatever they want to, to claim to be who aren't following basic practice. I sat down and, and had the, the chat with Melanie and, and explained to her that these were, in fact, false stories that I'd, I'd just written one night and sent. At one stage, I asked her if she was vaccinated. Um, that was the one point in the conversation that became heated, if you will. She didn't respond, and that's that's her right not to respond if she doesn't want to, um, but she also uh, said that that's not something that anyone should ever be able to ask anyone else. 
you expected these sort of anti-vaccine groups to buy into this these stories. You didn't necessarily expect to be contacted by a mainstream journalist. No, no, I didn't at all. I having Melanie reach out, I thought would have been a good way to uncover that they were sharing these fake stories, which was why I was so keen to talk to her with given the opportunity. But you found that she wasn't interested in the fact that the stories were fake. No, she wasn't interested in that at all. She was more interested in investigating the potential for undercounting of these injuries and deaths, which which is it struck me as a red flag at the time. But if there was undercounting, then that's something that I guess is worthwhile doing. How long ago was this that this happened? Uh, it was late October last year. What was your impression when you saw this recent mini-documentary, A Visit to Freedom Village, from her? Was it in line with what she was, uh, the stuff that she was putting forward to you? Yes. I, I mean, I guess I was sitting there hopeful the whole time, waiting for the, the second half where she came back and critiqued everything that the VFF founders said, but it's pretty clear to anyone who's actually looked into VFF that they aren't a anti-mandate group, they're an anti-vaccine group, and they have been for um, a good couple of years now. One group that was quite pleased with Reid's latest foray into vaccine reporting was Voices for Freedom. In its emailed letter, it hailed Reid's report as a media exclusive and praised her balanced reporting and encouraged members to let Newsroom know it was happy with its fair representation. But fight against conspiracy theories or fact, a group formed to combat misinformation and disinformation, says Reid failed to put some important questions to Voices for Freedom. I was horrified and as a group, fact, Aotearoa was horrified uh, because it played really perfectly into Voices for Freedom's PR strategy. What is that PR strategy? They present themselves as concerned parents, concerned mums, uh, who are worried about children's wellness, uh, and they're nice. But if you sign up to their mailing lists, you get more alarmist, more out there claims. And if you watch their videos and you frequent their Telegram channels, you get the really out there stuff that is full noise conspiracy theory. The other thing that I think is really interesting is right up until... Melanie Reed's interview, they had really shunned mainstream media. So I think you can see that they saw the opportunity for favourable coverage for once, and they took it. And as a result, they are now trumpeting that to all their followers. Yeah, so you were really concerned when they were introduced with that framing, just three mums. There's nothing wrong when you're a mum with saying that you're a mum. want to make that really clear, right? I'm a parent too. The problem is that's not just what they are. What they are is the head of a large misinformation organisation, apparently spending large sums of money to persuade people not to be vaccinated. And that's really dangerous. And not just that, they're branching out into many other extremist conspiracy theories whose single underlying theme is that the government is not legitimate, people are being lied to, and so on and so on. They emailed their members recently with a link to a supposed expert. The video claimed that there was reason to think that vaccines alter your DNA. This is nonsense. 
they have urged their followers to watch videos that say that New Zealand local government and government at large is in the grip of an agenda, Agenda 21, from the UN to reduce the population, to, uh, to impose totalitarian control. Another example, they urge their members to watch um, videos purporting to show that masks aren't effective, but also saying that masks are part of a strategy to accustom the population to totalitarian control. Melanie Reid didn't press them on any of the things that they say to their members, and these things aren't secret. If you sign up to their mailing list, if you watch their videos, if you join their Telegram channels, you will hear this stuff. What questions should have been asked of these three leaders? A whole bunch of questions. Are you vaccinated? That would be really interesting to know. I would ask, why do you put disclaimers on all your content saying it's not medical advice? Because it sure sounds like medical advice. I would ask, why have you set yourselves up as a limited liability company? Why don't you let your members vote in a democratic structure? I think we should really acknowledge some journalists, many journalists, who've been working really hard on this beat uh, and done their best to inform their audience about what's going on. Newsroom themselves have been really great at this. They've been exemplary, apart from this story. I think that this Melody Reid video is actually more shocking because it is so at odds with the rest of Newsroom's approach to covering these issues. There is a real problem in covering anti-vax conspiracy because it takes a lot of space to explain the really out there stuff that people are saying and it takes even more space to say why it's wrong. It's a very difficult balancing act, I think, in coverage. From an ethical point of view, you have to worry that in repeating what they say, you're actually in some way validating it. Is it better to not repeat what they say, to not get it on record, uh, to, to not cover them in a lot of cases, unless there's a really particularly newsworthy hook to it? I think that's going to be a case-by-case judgment call that depends on who you're talking to, what they're saying, and the resources that you've got available in your medium. Experts like Dr. Jess Berenson-Shaw have suggested that as a strategy, um, ideas should be, as it were, debunked before they come up. Mm. And that's probably a good strategy for public health comms, but it's not really a strategy that journalists themselves uh, can probably do in terms of news coverage. Uh, Myself, I think that there is definitely a role for explanatory pieces that tell people what's going out there in, if you like, the dark underbelly of social media and what's going on behind the facade of wellness mums and concerned citizens. Uh, But, yeah, I think it's more about being really, really mindful of tone, context, providing objective information from genuine experts, that kind of thing. Uh, I think back to Donald Trump, where uh, there was this outrage at all the misinformation that he would say, and there became this whole debunking industry around him. But what they eventually found was doing all of this debunking ended up repeating the misinformation that he was saying, 
which just got it out there in people's minds and the debunking didn't necessarily work. Is there perhaps a similar concern here with anti-vaxxers? I think definitely there is. And I think you have to recognise that the nature of conspiracy theories is they're not consistent and they're kind of improvised and they're kind of riffing. It is very, very hard and very labour-intensive to pick them apart. And while you're putting all the resources together to debunk just one point, they are off to the races, man. There is so much more. You have to see this at least as much as a kind of rewarding entertainment as it is a serious pitch to get people to buy into these ideas. I also want to be really clear, it's both those things. There is a serious, serious intent to delegitimise government. There is a serious intent to get people on board with anti-vaccination ideas and all the other stuff that they're doing. But there is a lack of seriousness in the arguments that they make and the facts that they put forth. Part of the purpose is to bind people together in support of their ideas, but it's also to confuse and distress people who are against them. It's not one thing or the other, it's both of these things. That was Stephen Judd, spokesperson for the group Fact, talking to me about Newsroom's video report, A Visit to Freedom Village, published earlier this week. We invited Newsroom and Melanie Reid to respond to the criticism of the report. They declined to be interviewed, but Reid and Newsroom co-editor Mark Jennings answered questions in writing. They said the report should be considered alongside many stories Newsroom has done on the pandemic and misinformation. It was aimed at looking at why Voices for Freedom had set up camp in Parliament grounds and what it would take for them to go home, rather than about investigating their claims about vaccines. And it got the founders of Voices for Freedom in front of the public for the first time. The pair said Reid did challenge them on misinformation, but didn't include much of it because it amounted to, quote, unenlightening recitation of claim and counterclaim, though they added that, in hindsight, that may have been an error of judgment. Jennings and Reid didn't accept a visit to Freedom Village bought into the Voices for Freedom PR strategy as alleged by fact. It could well be that they bought into our journalistic strategy, they said, to get them in front of the public explaining themselves and their intent over this protest. And they said the Voices for Freedom founders denied any ties to extreme or fringe groups. In light of the criticism of Reid's previous reporting of vaccination issues, Melanie Reid and Mark Jennings said she has done many investigations of many highly contested issues, and that is the nature of leading-edge journalism.